Hello, and welcome to the Drum History Podcast. I'm your host, Bart Vanderzee, and today I'm joined by my friend, Mr. Barry James. Barry, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Bart. It's a pleasure being with you again. Yeah, I mean, we've, uh, I should say, you are one of George Lawrence Stone's uh, last living students, or would you say you are the last living student of Stone? Well, no, I've been corrected recently on that by another gentleman who studied with him a little later on. <laughs> it, it's interesting that you should bring that up because uh, just the other day I received a, an, a, an email from a gentleman who said, well, you studied with Mr. Stone up until 1961, but I studied with him in 1966. <laughs> and I thought, wow, okay, let's get more of this. You know, yeah. I, I hadn't met anyone before. The fact of the matter is I studied with him while I was a college student at Boston University School of Music, and Mr. Stone was on the faculty there. So I had a good four years with him from 1957 after high school until 1961. And he retired around 1963 and went back to home to Medford, Mass. And apparently at that point in time, he started teaching in the public school systems, volunteering his time. And so we had a whole bunch of young students from about 1964 or five to 1966. He died in 1967. So he, um, he did have some students after me. So I'm not his last student. I just happen to be his last student that teaches his method and is still teaching his method 60 years later. So that's sure. the difference between actually being his last student and the last student who actually, uh, then has taken his method and, and carried it on. Cool. Okay. Well, thanks for the, I, it's good to have the clarification there. Um, <laughs> Cause we, we did do an episode uh, before, which uh, folks can check out and I'll include a link to that in the description, but you talk a lot about stone and all that stuff. So uh, people can check that out. But what we're here to talk about today though, is you have um, two new books that will be coming out in February and I'll let you kind of describe them. But Number one would be counting exercises of stick control, which uh, you worked on with Morello and kind of Joe Morello and thought of this idea and all that stuff. And then the second one, which, again, you could explain more is future rudiments, um, which is basically stone and coming up with more rudiments than what we have. And now you'll give a lot more detail than that. But so uh, tell us about these books, maybe starting with the first one about the counting exercises. Sure. Uh, and thanks for asking about those books because they're a liberal love to me and it were to Joe while he was living. And uh, we uh, here, here's how the, the first book started. Um, the stick control book, as you know, is the considered the Bible of drumming. Uh, it, it was written in 1935 by George Lawrence Stone and has become the book for b building your technique. And professional drummers all over the world have used this book for many, many years. Um, it, it's a book of technique and technique building that has a lot to do with repetition of motion. And that's how Stick Control came to be and became such a big, big selling book. I'm told by the Stone family that after over 80 years now, it's still selling about 22 to 24,000 copies a year. So you can see that it's one of the best-selling drum books of all time as well. Um, Joe Morello and I met at a, um, at a clinic that Joe did here in Orlando. Uh, Danny Gottlieb and his wife Beth brought Joe in for a clinic and a master class. And uh, I attended it with him. And on our way out, we were talking about our affection for our drum teacher, George Lawrence Stone. Joe had studied with him when he was 16 years old in the 1940s. And I studied with him, uh, obviously, as a college student from age 17 to about 21. And um, one of the things that we noted and Joe noted was that a lot of people don't know how to play the stick control book. The stick control book is a book of R's and L's, all the rights and lefts, that George came up with all these various exercises and hand-building exercises. But he never taught within the book how to count those exercises. And particularly in the back of the stick control book where we call them compound rhythms. Well, the compound exercises or the compound rhythms may have a, a set of eighth notes, four eighth notes, 
and then it'll cost 14 sixteenth notes or 32nd notes. Well, how do you count that? We don't know. And Mr. Stone never gave us a hint as to how to do it. So Joe and I were walking out of his clinic, and Joe said to me, Barry, when you do a clinic or a master class, does anybody ever ask you how to play page 43 as an example in the stick and show book? And I said, all the time. <laughs> they don't know how to play it. And because there's no in indication in the book how to play it, how to count it. He yeah. said, jokingly, we ought to write a book on how to play the book. Because <laughs> you and I are the only ones left. Well, in Vic Firth at the time, are the only ones left to study with Stone and know how to play the book. And I said, you want to? And he said, yes. And I said, let's do it. And so we exchanged phone numbers that night, and I started bugging him about doing it. I think he forgot about our conversation, but I kept reminding him <laughs> over and over again. And he finally said, well, you know, Joe was blind, of course. And, and uh, so he said to me, I can't do any uh, of the research because I just uh, am not capable of doing it. And I said, I'll do it. I'll do the research and then we'll get together and we'll put a book together on how to count the exercises in stick control. And he thought that was a great idea. Now people who have not been able to count it before will be able to count it and be able to get through the whole book. Because I've been finding out, particularly with surveys that I've been doing, doing lately, that a lot of the drum teachers don't know how to count the book. They make up stuff. University, yeah. university. I never heard Stone use those, those terms, you know. It was always some sort of count based on simple time signatures. Stone's idea was not to use a 12-8 signature or to use a 7-4 signature. It was to, a, a set of fours and a set of threes. Four and three equals seven. Why not? We always play 4-4. Four, four. We always play 3-4. But until recently, we probably haven't played a whole lot of 7-4 time. Likewise, Joe Morello wrote, did a tune with the Dave Brubeck Quartet called Take Five. Big, big seller for them, you know? It was written in 5-4 time, but Joe didn't count it in 5 because, because Judge Stone didn't teach him in 5. It wasn't 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. It was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 1, 2, 3, da, da. Mm. It was 1, 2, 3, 1, 2, 1, 2, 3, 1, 2. So it was a measure of 3 and a measure of 2. And you can hear the lilt, Some uh, another uh, you know, uh, idea Stone came out with is you got to play the lilt which I never understood, quite frankly, what the heck the world lilt was. But it's exactly that. Instead of one, two, to three, four, five, one, two, to three, four, five, it was one, two, to three, one, two, one, two, to three, one. Big difference in the feeling of the song. It's a do 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 recorded the song playing a, a measure of three and a measure of two. Told me yeah. that himself. And it makes a big difference. And so that's sort of the concept behind the idea of teaching people how to read Stone's idea on of counting the sick control exercises. Yeah, I mean, I think, too, the what what you're saying is like uh, things without that guidance from this, the original writer of it that things can evolve and kind of go in a different direction, which, you know, there's something to be said, though, about someone evolving and having making what they want out of notes on a page, which can be good. But also, mm -hmm. I think it's important to have someone like you who's basically like, OK, you know, this is what it's supposed to be counted as. Obviously, that book in particular, people take pages and just do them with their feet and then their hands and they mix it and they, they get really uh, creative with it. But it's a good resource to um i don't know to really know what you're supposed to be doing <laughs> like actually yeah and, and stone was uh, was of the nature to be able to say things like well the reason i didn't give a count in the book is because i wanted people to make up their own count he actually admitted that on a sure. few occasions and then he would admit to his students well i should have put the count in you know it would have made it so much easier for people to read the book and I found uh, mainly, frankly, through your last uh, interview, uh, I was able to gain a lot of professional drum teachers who don't know how to count the book. 
And when they found out that I was doing this book on counting, they, they joined up and we've had a very good relationship now. And I've taught many, many of them how to, even before this book is being published, how to count the book. And if you were to look at some of my early stick control books, you'll see that I had mocked them all up with the counts on it, almost every page. So um, if the teachers don't know how to teach it, the students certainly don't know how to play it. Yeah, and I, when when I was taking some lessons with you, which we can talk about that later, about how I uh, basically failed you as a student and uh, <laughs> to focus on. Uh, <laughs> that's not true. That's no, not I know, true. I know. Um, but like you would give me these counts that just made it so like uh, clear, and it's just like I don't know. Sometimes there's something really like like you kind of had a no nonsense. Like yeah, this is how you count it. Like it wasn't uh, kind of guessing. There's no denying that like this is actually the way you. Uh, that you do it. So what is the book? Maybe describe a little bit about what it like looks like. Like, is it a, is it basically stick control, but it has more information on each page or what is the actual layout of it look like? Well, what I did is I, I took each exercise that was different from the last exercise. So if on page five, six, and seven of the stick control book, they're all single beat exercises. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to take, you know, 72 single beat exercises and show you how to count them all because they're all counted the same. So I just took exercise one and I said one and two and three and four and very simple, right? Then we get to page eight, which is the triplets and a one and two and three triplet, four triplet, you know, and same thing when we got to the rolls and the rolls and the triplets and the flam sections, you know, and then after the flam section becomes the compound rhythms if you will a, a six eight rhythm that you'll have you'll have three of the six beats the first part of the measure and then you might put eight notes against it how do you put three against eight you know there's a simple way of counting that that stone had in mind and so that i would put that in so it's not that i had to go through every exercise on every page because there were so many that were counted the same as the last one yeah so i took as each exercise changed in nature, I would give them the count for that particular exercise. I would call it more a booklet than a, than a book because it's only 30 pages long, but it covers all the various exercises and stick control and how to count them. The count that was used by George Stone in teaching me the book and teaching Joe the book. And that's why we said, Joe said, should we write a book on how to play the book? Because nobody knows how to play the book. Yeah, and, it's like a nice companion to have for the most, you know, widely used um, kind of standardized book out there, which uh, the fact that there's still that book has been out for so long and is so prolific. But I just think it's neat that you uh, are still giving it juice and life and new uh, new stuff. And and it's funny. I know you told you were talked a little bit about how Joe Morella would be you'd have to keep reminding them. I think you deserve a pat on the back for actually bringing it to life. Cause I know you've been working on this stuff for a, a long time. Um, getting yeah, it all together. We're bugging, we're bugging Joe to, to get me to help him because Joe had one thing that I didn't have. He had an elephant's memory. He could remember things we went in with studies when he was with stone, you know, 60 years ago, 70 years ago, you know, and I was with him 10 years after Joe was, and I, was, I had some, you know, Joe used to have to remind me in our conversations, our telephone conversations, well, don't you remember this? And don't you remember that? And mm -hmm. I'd, have to, I'd have to sheepishly say, no, I don't, you know? Yeah. I, I didn't have that kind of memory. No, but, but it takes both sides. It takes his his memory of that, but it takes someone to actually put the pen to paper and get it written down. So, um yeah, kudos yeah, for that. We, we, we were a good team, and we had a lot of fun while we were doing it, too, you know? Um, and, and let me back up just a little bit, because here's what happened to, to our, our quest to get the, the exercises and stick control uh, accomplished in a book form. We, that, that was our original intent. And then both Joe and I, around the same time, remembered that while we were working on this, you know, the, the, uh, the, the stick control count, we remember that George Stone had written articles for the International Musician, which is the AFM, the American Federation of Musicians newspaper. And he had done so from, well, I found an article of his all the way from 1941, but he really started doing monthly columns in 1945 and 46. 
And for all those years, every month, he would write a column based on usually questions from other drummers who would write him a question. Well, what, what about this? What about? And of course, Stick Control was out by that time, and he had an international reputation, Mr. Stone had. So when Joe and I realized that we had all this treasure trove of information on Joe's on Mr. Stone's columns, we decided to change uh, task a little bit and decided to write a book on Mr. Stone's columns, and, and we called it Drum Lessons with George Lawrence Stone, as it turned out. And we got the blessing of the Stones family to put it out, and we got it published. And it's been published now for a couple of years through Alfred, and it can be had through, uh, through Amazon. And now Hudson has just taken it on, and, and Hal Lennon has taken it on and as an ebook. So it, it's doing very well, and it, that is really the companion to the Stone Lessons. Because, you know, all his lessons were not necessarily on rolls or on, uh, you know, on other rudiments. They, were, they were, had to do a lot with rudimental drumming of that era. And um, so we decided we would go to work and study. So I went to New York and they let me into the archives and helped, gave me some help in copying all those articles from Stone for all those years. I got Joe a copy of it, took it back. His wife helped read through it, and some of his students helped him read through it. And um, we started, we changed direction at that point in time and decided to, we would write about the lessons that we had with Stone from all different perspectives, not only from a rudimental perspective, but from all perspectives, from his techniques that he used, his handholds, you know, his, um, his level system that he was very famous for. And so we wrote a book on the book, but on not more so on the columns that he wrote in for the newsletter. And that's how our first book came about. We sort of put aside the idea of the stick control count, and we decided to go with drum lessons with George Lawrence Stone, and we recalled a lot of the lessons we had, and we took a lot of the, a lot of the um, re research that we had done right from those columns. Since then, the Stone family has actually published all those columns in a book called Techniques of Percussion, which happened to be the name of the columns. And they're in a book that's about 400 pages long now, and it, it, it includes all of the columns that Stone wrote for the magazine over many, many years. Great, great treasure trove of historical data. And, and uh, I wish the book was a, little, was a little bigger because the print is on, a little on the small side. But there's always ways of blowing that up a bit. Sure. So the uh, the techniques of percussion book was the fourth runner of our book, Drum Lessons with George Stone. Well, unfortunately, Joe during this whole period of time, even before Drum Lessons with Stone was was finished and published, Joe passed away. It was a, a very very sad moment for so many 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 drummers, uh, including myself, of course, and. Um, so I sort of took drum lessons with Stone and I put it aside for a few years. I didn't touch it. It was on the shelf. And I did nothing with the stick control count book. It was just half done, you know, and mm -hmm. we changed directions. So a few years later, I, some, of my, some of my drummer friends and so forth said, you got to finish those books. you got to finish those books. And I sent the unfinished book to Barbara Haynes, George Stone's granddaughter in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And she was very helpful and, and very motivated, you know, really motivated me to get this thing done. I did. We got the drum lessons with Stone done. And so now I'm sitting with a half-finished stick control uh, exercise book. So just over the last year or so, I finished that. It's ready for, to go to print, and we're going to do it as an e-book through Kindle to start off with. And I'm going to have some copies, advanced copies, for people who want, you know, for drummers who want to have a solid imprint copy rather than an ebook, and I'll have those available within the next few weeks. Uh, so that's really what happened. We, yeah. we we did a change in direction there, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, we but sometimes you gotta you gotta pivot, and it sounds like it all worked out um, so, so far. And then yeah. and then later on, as and we'll go into this a little later. Um, I, I found that that uh, in one of Joe's, uh, one of Mr. Stone's articles, 
somebody had asked him the question, well, Mr. Stone, and like I say, most of his columns were based on questions, answering questions from other drummers from all over the world. And somebody had sent him a, uh, sent him a note and said, Mr. Stone, right now there are 26 rudiments, as there were in, in that day. And he said, can you imagine a time where there might be more than 26 rudiments? And under what circumstances would that, might that be? Well, that sparked Mr. S- Mr. Stone's, you know, creative you know, body of work. And he started saying, yeah, I think so. And, and he explained in his next column, he said, yes, and I think there can be and there will be when a couple of things happen. One, genres of music change. So that instead of four measure phrases or eight measure phrases, there might be 10 measure phrases or 13 and a half measure phrases. And so therefore, the fills that are, the drummers play now may be longer. And if they're longer, they're going to have to have longer fills. And longer fills will, be, will mean some sort of, you know, other type of rudiment or other type of exercise to help fill that gap in the music. And so not only that, did he make that, that you know, mention in his column, but he started, I was a student of his at the time, and he started writing these, what he called future rudiments out, hmm. you know? And he would give them to his students at that time and say, take this home and work on it and see what you think. And it would be a flam plus a drag, which today is called a cheese, you know, <laughs> by a lot of, you know, and a cheese tap, a cheese diddle, you know, can be a lot of those different things. And so he, but Stone started it all off in, a, in around the 19, I want to say 59, 60, uh, doing these things. Then he called them future rudiments. And mm-hmm. he'd write out a sheet and then he'd give them his students and say, play these. And I got many of them from him over the period of years. And he gave me a lot of them as handouts later. Well, I found these things, you know, sort of in, a, in an old storage box. And uh, I pulled them out. And we started, uh, your, your friend and mine, Jason Edwards, started looking at them and saying, how can we use these as, a, as a, another tribute to Stone, another book for, by Stone, and something that he really dug his, his chest into, you know, dug his hands into, writing all these, these new rudiments out, which were new at the time. He called them future rudiments. So we're, that's the next book. That's the, the last of the book, perhaps, of the Stone book. And it, it should be out around the same time as the control book is out. You know, the yeah, stick- that's awesome. And you mentioned Jason. And we just got to say right off the bat that that's Jason Edwards of ProLogix, which great guy. Uh, you guys started doing lessons, I believe, after you are on the podcast. Yes. And and just have you guys have become great friends, which I love hearing. Um, and every time I see uh Jason, we start talking about you and about it. it's just this kind of small. It's a cool connection there. But so then is, is it fair to say this future rudiments is sort of a smaller kind of uh, shorter book as well? Or is, is this one a p- yes. pretty? Yeah, I think it's yeah, good. It is right now we're looking at maybe 36 or 38 rudiments that he considered uh, stone considered future rudiments. And so, again, it's uh, we we take a couple of different uh, looks at the sticking for those, and we're putting them in, in the same style of, of stick control. That is a four-measure phrase that can be used and, and expanded upon or added to or deducted from. And, um, yeah, so it, it is more like a booklet in the 30, 35-page range. That's great. I think... I think that's a good number. And, and I just think it's an interesting way to think about things for him, you know, like as a teacher. Yeah. And, and that was Stone all the way. He was so creative and he always came, he always wanted to come up with new ideas, you know? And, yeah. and, uh, and uh, he, his, one of his drum teachers was a gentleman by the name of Frank Dodge. And I'm not going to get into this yet because this could become a book as well. But he had the Frank Dodge drum chart where Mr. Dodge came up with some ideas as to taking eight, eight, eighth notes as an example, or four eighth notes and eight sixteenth notes, and changing the sticking and changing the accents on them hmm. and, and, and building an exercise. So he has a, a small book. Stone has a small book out called the Frank Dodge Drum Shots. And I've been t- speaking with the, the Stone family a little bit about the possibility of rewriting that book, you know, uh, 
what I'd like to do, and it's sort of my bucket list, and we've talked about this before. I'm 82 now, so I, I want to get things done. And um, it would be to, you know, sort of reestablish the stone books in, in a more modern era. Mm-hmm. Don Famiglaro has done a great job in editing the Stick Control book and the Accents and Rebounds books. And, um, and there are still a few books left. Uh, that Stone had his hands into, and as I say, it's the the future rudiments and the uh, stick control count book, and then the Frank Dodge book would be another one if we decide to go there. Yeah. And, and by the way, <laughs> what what we were doing, Joe and I were doing the the drum lessons with George Stone. Uh, the publisher wanted to limit the pages on it under to under a hundred pages. And so we ended up with 92 pages, but that gave us 30 lessons with George Lawrence Stone. But I got 46 lessons with George mm. Lawrence Stone finished. And we, many of them we didn't use in the first book. It could be a, a book too. Who knows? Wow. Man, you, uh, you, you are always working. I think that's, that's a great thing because you, you are well, still I, obviously a teacher. I love, I love it. And I love these guys. I, I, I can tell you that from your podcast, the last one we did, I ended up with something like 16 professional drummers studying with me from all over the world. I got mm. a young man from Shanghai that, that uh, is still studying with me now. And, and it, it, so your, your podcast is getting around, man. Well, that's great. That's <laughs> great to hear. And, and I, I, you know, I wanted to say that, too, at some point in this, that thank you to everyone who did take some lessons with Barry after being on the podcast. Because, I mean, obviously, as you can tell, Barry's a real deal obviously excellent teacher but he's about as close of a connection to this stuff as you can get and he's a working drummer who i mean who doesn't like uh, especially during the pandemic some um some students here and there but yeah it, that that makes me also want to say that so our lessons that we had were just uh an, an absolute joy it's been a little while and so to kind of explain that because i uh, last time we left off with that previous episode we were taking lessons but um having a pregnant well, I, heard, I, I heard you took some time off to make babies <laughs> yeah that's that's a good way to put it so yeah. pregnant wife moved houses it's just been crazy renovate <laughs> kitchen know. renovation but i will say i wanted to tell you i play the piano like every day now and um that has been very helpful and you can kind of think from a drummer's perspective when you do that of like you know your 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 the the dynamics and your timing and your rhythm. And, and I think it's great for drummers to play piano too. So I've been having fun with that. I think a second instrument for drummers should be piano. And, and that not only leads to playing piano and, and composing and arranging, but it also leads to playing mallet percussion, vibraphone, marimba, and vibraphone, and, yeah. and the xylophone, you know? So uh, you, you get that as, and you've already got the hands having played drums. So you can lay those on mallets and, and use your piano knowledge. Start playing tunes and start improvising and start playing chord changes. You know, you take someone like Mario DeCutis from alternate mode. He plays four mallets as if he had four hands on each on each arm. You know, and 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 he was he's just sensational. Um, and and uh, so many others. Beth Gottlieb, as an example, uh, they just play. You know, uh, so where you take your five fingers on each hand and play piano, you can just. Do the same thing with mallets, whether it be two mallets or four mallets, and and uh, all of a sudden you've got a whole new branch of availability for you. And by the way, if you were in Orlando and you were playing gigs here, uh, you know through the union contract, if you if you doubled on an instrument, you get double pay. Hey, that's not bad. <laughs> that's not bad at all. Yeah, not I mean bad. it's it's just fun to do something different. Obviously, I play the drums a lot still, but. Um, but there's something different, and I would just attest to people either working with you or let's just say any teacher in general. There's something different about having someone correcting you and having someone course correct what you're doing and just watching out for you. And you would you would even just over the Zoom say, "Oh, you're lifting, like turn your hand a little," or kind of you know, uh, you're doing this. Like I would always push. I would always do way too much, like uh, forcing, like really force out things. And and but working with you it was kind of relax it work on the bounces um and it was i'm sure we'll pick it up again soon after baby number two arrives this episode is brought to you by dream symbols i want to talk a little bit about the dream symbols recycling program the recycling program is simple 
Bring your broken or unwanted symbols, all brands accepted, into your local Dream Dealer, and you can earn $1 for every inch of symbol you bring in towards the purchase of a new Dream symbol. For example, bring in two 20-inch symbols for recycling and receive $40 off the price of a new Dream symbol. It's that easy. They, in turn, take the symbols recycled and use them to create new products like the ReFX Crop Circles and the Naughty Saucers. Check them out online at dreamsymbols.com and follow them on social media at dreamsymbols. This episode is brought to you by Forks Drum Closet, Nashville's full-line drum store. Celebrating its 40th year in business, Forks is independently owned and operated in the heart of Music City. Specializing in drums and percussion, Forks offers great discounts on all major brands and will beat any retailer's advertised price. From new and used equipment, vintage drums, and marching and orchestral instruments, Forks has something for every drummer. They also offer professional rental, repair and restoration services, as well as drum lessons. Stop by their storefront at 308 Chestnut Street, Nashville, Tennessee. Call 615-383-8343 or go online at ForksDrumCloset.com. I think maybe there might be some other folks who haven't heard that first episode and who might want to take lessons with you. So maybe you kind of explain a little bit about, you know, what you get when you come to Barry and learning those stone techniques um, for maybe some new people. Yeah, that that's great. Thanks for asking that. Um, I have um, I have two different courses that I teach for for a, a professional drum teacher as an example who just wants to get into the the four cornerstones of the stone system the relaxation method you know the handhold the level system and so forth I, I have a four week course that we just you know to have a lesson a week and then at the end of that they can make up their mind if they want to go any further because I will go further with them we'll we'll take everything in the stick control book, and I will show them the proper way to play it. And of course, with this new book, they'll have the count right there for them, like an appendix to the stick control book. They'll lay it next to their stick control book. When they want to know how to count the compound rhythm, they will just open the book and and, and look at the rhythm and then open the appendix and look at the, the, the way to count it. And it'd be a very simplistic matter. Um, the, um, so that's that. And then I also have a 12-week course uh, just three months. And then I, I'm not trying to make a living out of a one particular drummer because a lot of these people that are studying with me are professional drummers already and professional performers already. And that would be an insult if I started teaching them how to hold the hand, uh, hold the sticks, you know, yeah. but, uh, but I can show them, you know, what to do with the sticks once you got them in your hand. And I can show them the, 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 both the power stroke and the rebound stroke that Stone was famous for. So we can, we can do all of that. And um, the 12-week course goes a little further. We go into stick control and accents and rebounds, which is a really important book that nobody seems to be into right now. And then if we go beyond that, there was another drummer that studied with Stone before he went into the military and became a star, and that's a, a, the Boston drummer and uh, Berkeley instructor, Alan Dawson. Well, Alan studied with George Stone before he went into the Navy and into the Navy band, and, and I, I was, because I was only studying with Mr. Stone during the school year, you know, because that he was, like I say, part of the faculty at the, at the college, I ended up meeting uh, Alan Dawson and, and getting some lessons in the summer times with him. And so, and he was very high on Mr. Stone. And of course he's done the rudimental ritual and so forth. And, and Alan unfortunately passed away too, but he is a, he is a, a, a genius. Alan Dawson was a genius of a drummer. And the, the methods that he taught at Berkeley are still being taught by the, the teachers at Berkeley today. Hmm. And so, um, uh, we would, I would then take you into Alan Dawson's rudimental ritual and how he worked stone into that, the stone methods into that. So we can, we can go for a four-week course or we could go for a 12-week course, and it depends on how far you want to go. Yeah. I'm, I'm available at barryjamesdrummer at gmail.com, or you could call me at 321-297-3042. And uh, we'll, I, I love to talk to drummers. When they call me, we end up on the phone for about six hours. <laughs> My wife goes crazy. But, yeah. <laughs> but 
Yeah, I just talk with drummers, and I get so much out of talking with them, and I get motivated by talking with them. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And that was uh, part of like our lessons was uh, it just reminded me of some of the things I've heard about with all like the the episodes I've done about Freddie Gruber and Joe Morello and all these guys was that these lessons would go on for hours, and even when we did our lessons, you and I could just talk and talk, and I w- and it would be two hours in, and I. I'd look over and like my wife would be there holding like a, a that baby number one, like get <laughs> get off the lesson. But it was it was so awesome. And and I also do going back to Jason Edwards, he he is a phenomenal drummer. And the mm-hmm. fact that you guys he's still coming to you for lessons because there's so much to learn from you for an, and you guys have obviously become friends, but for someone at his level to come to someone at your level uh it just speaks a lot i hope that makes sense just there's there's always room to grow uh, even no, no matter how you know experienced you are yeah, jason something else he, you know i have to i I'm, I'm trying to wean him off the, the molar system a little bit but i don't have to because he's so good at both methods now and uh i maybe i shouldn't be telling this story out of school because it's not it not, hasn't gone farther but jason and i have both been talking about the possibility of doing a book that that features both the molar system and the stone system hmm. in one book and the yeah. basics of each. So that, that that's down the road a little bit. And by the way, for anybody who's looking for a practice pad, those practice pads that that Jason makes are incredible. I I play the uh, I don't know the name of it, but it's green. And you know, the first time I I threw a stick down on it. I had to hurry up to catch it because it moved back to me so fast. You know, it, it, it's the fastest rebound I've, I've ever seen in a stick in, in, a, in a pad before. And it's very true to life, too. It's very, very natural. It feels like a drumhead. And yeah. yet, uh, so, so his pads are, are, are just uh, awesome, you know, playing tools. For, and anybody who's really you know, wants to get ahead and, and, and play uh, with a very fast rebound a la Stone, you know, they should they should try J- Jason's pads out because they are sensational. They really yeah. are something. I've never had a pad in my life that's as good as the as the ProLogic pads. Yeah, and um, Jason's been on here, but yeah, ProLogic's really, a, you know, very, very uh, awesome, awesome. They sent me a bunch of them, um, like a four, you know, pack of different, different, uh, yeah materials and it's great but um all right so barry you you told people where to find you the barry james drummer at gmail.com and i'll put that down in the description um so barry you've obviously you've got a lot of books in the works you've you've done this before you know how to make the process work are there any tips you would give to young educators or people about making a book come to life you know like what would you say? I know, I know it's a long process. It's a labor of love, but what would you kind of guidance would you give people who maybe want to write a book? Well, there are so many outlets now for, to write a book so, and you can self-publish. And, and I, I, I've known some good, good friends of mine who are very good drummers and, and they, they write well as, as well. And they, they put out some books and they ask me the same question. How do I get a publisher? Well, Drum Lessons with George Lawrence Stone was basically uh, through the Stone family. Uh, they liked what we had done and and, uh, and, and and the family got behind me. So that was sort of a lucky break right there. I had been shopping this to publish that book to publishers for a few years without much results. And so many drummers have the same. But I've noticed through Danny Gottlieb and other people who have self-published books they they do very well with them and they get their names out there and they get gigs by it and they get students from that from that exercise so you've got kindle ebooks and you've got book baby and you've got several different publishing companies that allow you to self publish mm-hmm. and and you i tell you you make more in royalties self publishing than you will with a with a commercial publisher and um, uh, and and i've also talked to jeff moore who is the uh, was for many years the um, the drum uh, uh, guru over at the University of Central Florida here, and um, wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do with with publishing the the book uh, the, the drum lessons book, and uh, talked to Jeff about it, 
and Jeff looked at it this way. He said, you know, you're not going to make a lot of money if you're dealing with a commercial publisher because they get the bulk of the money. They have to print the book and they have to distribute the book and, and then they, are, they earn their money too. He said, but what, what you do is you get your name out there. And all and like he's a college professor. He happens to be now the dean of music at UCF. He's grown beyond the percussion department wow. now, and he's the dean of the entire music school hmm. over there. And um, and I spoke with Jeff, and he said, "Look, he said I've I've written several books, and and I've had publishers do several books. I've self-published several books." He said, "It's it, it's it's no more gratifying doing one or the other, except for the fact that hmm. you get your name out there." And it, it'll help you get gigs. It'll help you get uh, recognition from your peers and uh, students and so forth. So I, I would, and, and I decided to go his way and, and say, look, I'm not going to make a bunch of money with this first book, but I'm going to, I'm going to get meet a lot of great people like Bart. And, uh, and uh, it's it just, it's just uh, very, you know, uh, I, I, I joke about myself. I'm the, I'm the Colonel Saunders of the drum industry. You know, <laughs> I've waited till the end of my life, you know, to, to start the back end of my life to get notif- notoriety. And I have from all over the world, I'm getting calls and, 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 and uh, questions and so forth. And so it's very, it's, it's very satisfying doing that. So I would say the first thing is, if you could get a p- commercial publisher and he will distribute your book and it'll be all in, in his catalogs and so forth, go there. If you can't self-publish and, and then you, you market your own book and put it under your arm and like Jim Chapin used to do, he'd take his, his book and he'd put it under his arm and he'd go to PASIC and he'd go to some of the other conventions and he'd have it under his arm and he would sell it, you know, to people, you know, like the Advanced Techniques book. Yeah, and a lot of other books that a lot of other drummers have done. They do the, they do it the same way, and realize that what you're going to get out of it is probably even more important than a few dollars. Yeah, absolutely, and I I can um I can speak to my brother wrote like a kids book where each page because he does you know more like art stuff. He's a bass player as well, and he's been on the show. But um he did a uh, every page is a different uh, instrument from around the world. He wow. published it uh, through Amazon, and yep. but basically though, what happens is like you're saying is you then get a stack of your books, and then it's it's on you, which is like uh, you know it's for for him it's you gotta go to wh- whatever kids book fairs you gotta really got, go out there. So okay. I don't think there's an easy from what I'm getting from it is there's no silver bullet like easy. Oh, my book's published and now I'm famous. It's like then the work begins after you get your book. <laughs> you yes, absolutely, absolutely. And then in the Amazon you're talking about is, is their self-publishing house is called Kindle, and that's where my two books are going to be brought to brought to life sure. next month. Is is with Kindle, and and uh, also the, they give you more flexibility so that just like you say, if you want to put some books under your arm and go out to the the conventions and the, the, you know, even to schools and sell the book, you're, you're capable, you're able to do that. You don't have to give them an exclusive as you would with a, with an, a, with a commercial publisher, you know? Yeah. But yeah. like you said too, I'm sure it's probably pretty nice if, uh, what is it like penguin random house or whatever? Like if you're like a huge publisher comes to you with a sure. big check, sure. I, I, <laughs> I think we'll take well, that. I got, a, I got a big publisher that comes to me with small checks. So, <laughs> well, the drum world is is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, and, and 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 it's it's just a it's just a wonderful, marvelous feeling to to be recognized. You know, uh, as as a professional drummer or as a professional instructor, and um, you can't ask for more than that in, in this life. You know, because. If you just take a look at the number of drum books, well, look behind me. Yeah, we're that's, looking, there's my, a, that's my two bookshelves. There's over a thousand drum books on in that on those shelves, and and um, uh, and and a lot of them are going to be like the one before. I when I had my own studio in downtown Orlando, I uh, I used to get publishers would send me free books because they wanted me to sell them to my students, you know. And the more I opened them and read them, I said. This one's like the one before, and this one's like the one before. So, you know, how many pictures of, of handholds can you 
can you pass out to your students? You know? So, yeah. but but there's so much more to it, and the more longer you're in the business, the more you appreciate the beauty of 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 the the field that you're in, you know, and 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 the, just how good it makes you feel as a human being. Yeah. To be able to rub shoulders with these great, great players and these great thinkers, you know. Yeah, yeah. And what, what? Like you, I rub. You know, you're the guy, and uh, you you talk yourself down a little bit. But folks, I want to tell you right now, this guy's a good drummer. Bart's a good drummer, and uh, you know, I'd hire him on a gig anytime. So if you got a gig and you're up in his neighborhood, <laughs> call awesome. him. He's, well, thank you, Barry. Great. Yeah, he's That's- wonderful. Uh, yeah, and that's where I, I I've always uh, been able to you know I've played my whole life, but again you can play your whole life and be able to play pretty well, but then it's there's always fundamental stuff to learn, which is where coming to you and you can always get better. Um, so yeah. anyway, I've, I, I loved all of our lessons, and hopefully I'm sure we'll, we'll start again soon. But wh- all right, so as we get kind of close to the end here, why don't you tell people when the books will be out, where they can get them? I'll obviously share more info as they are released, but maybe kind of a time frame and all that stuff. Yeah. I, I think that the, um, the, both the books, the, uh, counting stick control and the future rudiments books should be out in mid February. And they're going to be out through Kindle, which is an Amazon con- company. And, um, uh, they would be available as eBooks there. If you want an advanced copy of that, I have them. And, and, uh, it, or if you want them signed or if you want them, uh, you know, to be a hardcover book rather than an ebook, you can contact me at Barry James Drummer, Barry James Drummer at gmail.com or call me at 321 297 3042 and I'll, I'll make arrangements to send you one. You know, we'll, we'll just, uh, you can buy it direct from me rather than wait till Kindle comes out with that book first. And, sure. uh, and uh, uh, other than that, I expect that we'll probably run into each other at PASIC this coming year. Hopefully, the, the health of everybody will stay good enough to be able to do a PASIC uh, thing. And, yeah. and they'll be there. They'll be yeah. there. That's uh, great. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're like I said, you're uh, you're a salesman at that point. You're you're now kind of standing with your booth and you're you're slinging books. And uh, and, I, you know, I'll obviously I. I'll be walking around and if uh, anytime if I ever go to a drum show and happen to have a booth like maybe at Chicago I would love to kind of put some there and we can uh represent what you are doing um with cuz I usually sure. have a booth with Vincent from Vitalizer Drums who does Speed King pedals and um uh yeah I think people just need to see this stuff it's important Sure and and uh uh you know uh, go around you know you can go around and you can visit with people too and if you got a book on the uh, on the uh, um, you can spend some time with them going through the book a little bit. And uh, it, it's just just a lot of fun. You meet so many great people, you know? Yeah, and, it is uh, fun. The next thing you, you know, you're having a conversation with Steve Smith or Dave Weckl or somebody, you know, <laughs> just like that. It's like, oh, oh I've known him all my life. You know? Well, the, the world, uh, this world is small. And if you do good work and you work really hard, I've found that like people uh, like I see with other people is like, uh, they respect that a lot. And um, those big drummers you named actually do buy books and listen to podcasts and watch drum videos. So it's not like they're like, you know, punch in the clock at five and they go home and they're done with drums. It's like, no, we we're all obsessed with it. So, so you get to meet a lot of cool people. Yeah. It was a very interesting one. One day I opened a Steve Smith's webpage and he displayed some, some books and then one of them was mine. And I said, wow, that's very cool, you know. Yeah, that happened from uh, that happened with Glenn from uh, Wilco, Glenn Kochi. He was yeah, Glenn uh, Kochi did the same thing. Yeah, because he said he heard it on the podcast and then was like, you know, saying he's checking out the book. That's just so cool. Yeah, and, and these guys are big name drummers and you know extremely fine drummers. So yeah, it, it just gives you gives you a little you know jolt there to see that happening with your with your book and and uh and i just love it and i just love what you're doing uh you're, you're doing such a great service to people and, and i'll talk to some of my students and i'll say geez i'm gonna listen to a podcast last night and they'll say well i've listened to most of them now 
I said, you have? <laughs> That's days and days worth of... Uh... <laughs> yeah, days and days. What are you doing? Aren't you working? <laughs> oh, you listen to 135 podcasts uh, all an hour. I said, holy cow. You yeah. Know? Well, I, I, pre- I appreciate it. If they're like me, they like work around the house and just burn through them. I listen to so many podcasts, just, you know, painting a room or cleaning up or do or making dinner. So, so I, I appreciate everyone listening, but, um, yeah, Barry. All right. So everyone, I will put Barry's info, uh, his email and his phone number in the description, but, um, Barry, I, hopefully we can see each other, uh, you know, after the, the COVID stuff or at the next drum show, but I just sure. want to th- thank you for, for taking the time to be here and kind of, catch up with everyone and say hi because it's been a while since you've been on the show and uh you're you're always welcome but um i'm glad to have you as a, a real friend you know we talk you know on the phone fairly often and uh Wait. just yeah thank you for being here and i thank you bart you're, you're, you're the best everyone out there be well hey guys before we totally finish this episode um i wanted to add this on because when we got done barry sent me an email and said hey i accidentally forgot to thank a few people who were really key uh in bringing these two new books focused around George Lawrence Stone's teachings um, to life. So uh, Barry wanted to um, thank with the first book about uh, counting the exercises and stick control. He said it was edited by U of Mass student Joseph Gervais. He said he's done he's done a fantastic job um, bringing to life the book about how to play the book, as Joe Morello said. Uh, the second book may be a surprise in the Stone Library, but demonstrates just how far ahead of his time George Lawrence Stone was. Thank you to Jason Edwards and Jonathan Fazio for making sense of the mystery of Stone's future rudiments. He said also special thanks to Barbara Haynes and the Stone family and to the whole Drum History podcast community um, because he's really enjoyed getting to talk to a lot of you guys. And uh, I know I love talking to Barry and uh, have really enjoyed his friendship over the last couple of years. So that's it. And uh, thank you for listening to this episode. If you like this podcast, find me on social media at Drum History and please share, rate, and leave a review. And let me know topics that you would like to learn about in the future. Until next time, keep on learning.